Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. Because you make me feel like I've been locked out of heaven. A mix of today's hits and hard-to-find favorites. Dr. Sarah Larson and Greg Larson on our date. (laughs) (laughs) We are so excited to share this time with you and so excited to share our friends that we brought along. Just an incredible, incredible environment that we're in right now. It's amazing what's happening in the world. And I feel more than ever, the miraculous mindset is required. More than ever, right now, whatever you're experiencing, this podcast, this broadcast is for you to drop into your heart and allow the miraculous seed within you to be birthed. You just heard Greg Larson's song, This Moment is the Gift. Welcome, baby. I'm so Thank excited. Thank you, my love. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. You're talking. I was thinking of all this stuff, you know, we're all these, all the messages out this week and all the, you know, headlines screaming for our attention. I'm like, I just so enjoyed spending last night with you and the kids and we were sitting around the table and talking and having such delightful conversation. We, we have these little puppies. Yeah, we were meditating. We just had such a nice time. And it was, that is, you know, because as you're saying, miracle makers, you know, the miracles, you know, the, the, at the core of miracles for me is love. And the more time we can spend in love and in our hearts, the more we're going to experience and create miracles. And sometimes when you, you know, tune into the news or tune into all the, stuff on Facebook that isn't in the heart, you can easily get out of your heart very quickly yes. and spend time, like almost like wasting time on stuff that's not going to open you up to the miracles that are continually trying to come into your life and support you and explode your life with love. Yes. You know. oh, and so we do this show for you to mm. know and explode yourself in yeah. love. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> In studio, we've got, and today we're going to talk about more tools for you to bring in the miraculous into your life. Don't delay the miracles that Mm. only you can bring through. Mm. And we've got two miracle makers. Just, we've enjoyed our time so much um, uh, off air that I can't wait to bring (laughs) on... um, Lisa Haysha, just an incredible human being. Every time we spend time with you, Lisa, your whispers from childrensheart.org, this organization that you've gifted the world a new way of seeing children, giving the children of the world a voice. This is probably our third interview. um, And I'm so grateful that you make time. You are an A-list, red carpet, amazing Hollywood actress turned activist for children's hearts and to bring Mm. those voices that so many of us 
aren't able to hear to the forefront wherever you are. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. I love this show. I love what you guys are about. And it's an honor to be here, especially with Taiji Charity. (laughs) I'm one of her biggest fans. When I met her... I, it was a day that I wasn't supposed to be there. I, my plate was too full, and I had my daughter, and it was her second annual or third no, it was annual. actually the fifth. The fifth, but yes. the second in that place, the Writers mm-hmm. Guild. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's a big yeah. space, but she had so many people there that mm-hmm. it seemed small. And I'm like, oh, my daughter can't survive here. She's like, I got to get out of here. And I'm like, no, 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 we have to stay at least see one movie. And halfway through the first movie, she was like this. And then when it was done, I said, do you want to leave now? We could leave. At least we see what it's about. She said, no, mom. Like this, like, just don't even. She's waving her hand to me. Don't even think about leaving. I'm staying. And after watching the six, seven films, we both cried. We both laughed. It bonded us. And I said, we could go now. She goes, no, I'm staying for the reception and playing with the kids and talking. So I'm thinking any organization that could affect, Mm. you know, an adult and a child is worth worth investigating so I'm like I gotta meet this woman who is she when I met her it's like I held her hands and I looked at her and I'm just like oh my sister I love her so that's how I got behind them this is so beautiful Taiji Charity you are so amazing you earned your bachelor's of science from the Oral Roberts University Mm -hmm. you've also received master's of business in a non-profit Mm -hmm. management in 2009 you created the kids in the spotlight inc which is a non-profit And um, it's so easy for us to talk about all of these amazing things that you've done. I'd love for you to share why you started this organization and what your drive is that you keep making yourself better and better, more and more miraculous. What, what starts you off? Wow, thank you so much. <laughs> well, Lisa's got me all emotional. <laughs> Every time I'm with her, I'm just like, just a basket case. But, um, you know, I had an encounter with a group of girls in the foster care system that kind of, in their own way, charged me to pay it forward. Um, I'm very, I would consider myself very blessed. I was raised in a home with a mother and a father. And my husband, who's an actor, was teaching an acting workshop at an all-girls facility. And I accompanied him at this particular facility. Now, I come from a very corporate background. I've been working as a litigation claim specialist for several years. And as I was with him um, at this particular workshop at a group home, there were a group of girls that were kind of just like misbehaving and acting up. And, you know, I had a moment of judgment, like, there's company present. Why are they misbehaving? And at that same moment, I realized these girls aren't misbehaving. They're just crying out for attention. Mm. And every time I think about those girls and every time I think about the girls that we give a platform to, to be seen and to be heard and to be celebrated. And, and, and every time I think about the opportunity of reminding them that their current situation does not have to dictate the outcome for their life and the decisions that they make, it keeps me going. And when I see them as cocoons when we first meet them but as butterflies after our film festival it gives me the drive I need every morning to get up and do what I do through Kids in a Spotlight. Kids Mm. in a Spotlight is this beautiful organization that takes challenged children and cast them to write out their stories, Mm -hmm. directors, actors, Mm -hmm. takes the creative process and creates an internal process where these women, young mm-hmm. ladies, mm-hmm. feel like heroes. Absolutely. Instead of being celebrated for something that was a challenge before mm-hmm. or being put down mm-hmm. or they feel miraculous in themselves seeing what a group of people coming together can do absolutely and the hollywood community got behind them and they get dressed they get styled they get limos they get the red carpet (laughs) and it's actually like an oscar night and they have celebrities up there speaking and introducing them so it's really like their oscars it's their moment and Mm -hmm. you know what is better than that to be in front of you know a thousand plus people getting an award for something and you know a few months 
earlier, you're in a foster home and you have no hope and you're crying and wanting to kill yourself and suicide and you have no voice and nobody cares, which is where I started out because I grew up under a Baghdad roof of you're a girl, just look pretty. You don't have a voice. No man will want you. Never make your own money. That means you're not worthy. You have to have a man support you. You have to have this. And it's like women don't count. And so to see what she's doing and seeing all these people who didn't count before they met Tai G and now they count because yeah. they have a voice. They got to create not just go up and do a speech. They got to create a whole movie about their life yes. with the support of the Hollywood community and their heroes. I mean, it just makes me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, sorry. When you see them, you know, even in the casting, you see them still trying to figure it out. Then you see them in their evening gowns and you see them at the event and they're just like a different person. And all these celebrities are walking the red carpet. I mean, it's amazing. And they're the star. They're not there as an outsider who somehow scored a plus one ticket by somebody. Yes. Which is hard to do, too. But they, <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. That's exciting yeah. for people. Yeah. I remember the first time I got to go to the Grammys, you know. Yeah. It's like, wow, I don't care if I don't know anybody. I'm sitting here in the seat watching the Grammys. And it was like, you know, so yeah. exciting. But they are the star. And that yeah. is, they probably never would have thought that in their wildest dreams. Right. Yeah. And I I know that feeling. I know the feeling. And so many women and so many men as Mm -hmm. well are in this space where they have no idea what's possible for their life because Mm -hmm. they've been defined Mm -hmm. by and they didn't know they were being defined mm-hmm. by a circumstance. Exactly. And I love yeah. your story. The first time you got to go to the Grammys, the first time I got to go to the Oscars, I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, how did a little girl from Pakistan that was left for dad get to the Oscars? And yeah. how did a little girl born and left in the foster system or a woman who had a very strong father and even a young man, if you're listening and you're that young person remembering someone else's story of what they think life is, Mm -hmm. you can cast yourself into a new role Mm -hmm. by simply creating. And I'd I'd love for you to share how, because this is a beautiful friendship that you guys mm-hmm. were. At least you thought you were helping Taiji <laughs> just mm-hmm. with this project, and I know something beautiful's emerged from working on this project mm-hmm. together. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's because it's gone deeper than that. Once you start to get to know someone better and better. I mean, this is her heart. This is her passion, mm-hmm. and her organization is just. I don't think. I mean, everyone's doing great things, but this one I think is so hands-on. It's like the work I do in Soul Blazing. When I coach people, it's yeah. it's interactive, it's experiential. I get them up on stage. I, you know, I was hired to go speak in Singapore. That eight men and they needed a woman. They call me a week before. We got to fly you out here. I'm like, I go, what is it about? It's a financial convention with you know Asian men, yeah. like forty and older. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea about yeah. Asian finance. They go, but we need a woman. I'm like, but I'm not the right woman. I can't do it. They said, no, you have to. It's in front of a thousand people. I'm like. They said, just get out here, just do what you do. So I went out there with nothing and everyone else had their PowerPoint and figures. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to sew bomb. <laughs> so I just went up there. How many people here know about soul blazing? <laughs> Nobody raised their hand, of course. And then I just looked around the room. What are you here for? What are you here for? Oh, I want to make more money. I'm a sales. It was a sales convention. I want to do this. I want to do that. So I said, okay, give me five people, volunteers on the stage who will volunteer. Everyone sits there like this. And I said, okay, I'm going to count to five. I've been paid. I have a free trip to Singapore. I'm done. Whoever doesn't want to learn, then that's up to you. That's why you're here. One, two, three, someone comes up. Someone else comes out. Four, someone else comes up. Five, I had five people on the stage. I just, who are you? What do you want? You're, you're yes. a salesperson, sell. Oh, hello, I want to, you know, sell this. And they do their own thing. I said, okay. You know, and I, you know, pretend you're a lion in the forest. Go growl, do this. Walk, <laughs> walk across the stage like you own it. And had them do these silly exercises. Yes. And I said, now sell me. Because they were pumped up. The audience is laughing. So yes. he's feeling confident and fun. He sold it. It's like night and day. So I'm like, that's mm. who you are. That's who you are. That's your genius. That's 
picture this and you could see next person. What are you trying to do? And just played with them. And that's what Kids in the Spotlight does. It plays yes. with them where they get tickled. Then they get the confidence. You could tell them you're great. Write this story. But everything's in their head. What Kids in the Spotlight does is makes it experiential. And at the end of that conference, they, you know, everyone votes and I just scored you know, off the charts and everyone else. Wow. And it was like, I'm the one who doesn't yeah. know anything. I said, I don't, I'm here. They flew me here. I don't know why. I know yeah. nothing about finance. I don't even know why I'm here. I'm, I don't know what I'm here to teach except for what I know, how to be you. Yes. That's and how to be the best so you. Beautiful. So I need volunteers. Yes. So. It's, that's so beautiful. Your soul blazing has archetypes. Yes. Um, will you briefly just go over the archetypes that are in the soul blazing for those listening, listen for yourself and see if you find yourself in one of these archetypes. It's like your inner narcissist, your yes. wounded child, your counselor, your fixer. If you don't want to do anything, you want to fix other people's lives mm -hmm. and you focus on that. Or why are they making so much money? Those mm -hmm. darn Kardashians don't deserve <laughs> it. Yeah, they're like at Starbucks every day, not working hard. You're not making it because you're not yeah. pushing yourself every day. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the inner clown, the person who throws someone under the bus for a joke because they're feeling insecure. There's mm -hmm. So there's a philosopher. If you kind of think you're better than everyone, if someone is not as well-read or well-educated, then you don't want to be their friend. So it's all these different ones. I just was in Costa Rica last week. We were building a school. I'm sorry, not Costa Rica. That was last year. This year was the Yucatan. And we were building a school there. And we I was speaking there for the Women of Global Change Conference. And then they were doing a youth initiative that I wasn't supposed to be a part of. It was age 5 through 11. And all the kids were acting up so much that Shelly Hunt said, Lisa, come here, do soul blazing. I go, I can't do soul blazing to kids. This is an adult thing. <laughs> she goes, just do something. I'm like, I have no idea what to do with a five-year-old. Here's your sex goddess. <laughs> so um, I said, okay. So I just got up in front of the room. I, you know, corralled them because there were some bullies in the class. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. what you were talking about, a little judgment going on with mm -hmm. everyone going, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. I want you guys to figure out who I am. And I'm like, I'm mean and I love to hit people and I love to hurt people's feelings. It makes me superior. Rawr. I said, who in the room feels like that? Just sometimes. And some, I like to hit people. Oh, I'm violent. I throw <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, they were so easy to teach. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, who feels like they don't belong and feels sad and feels uncomfortable and wants to cry and they're the one that they know everyone's going to pick on them because they're not fun or they're not oh I'm that I'm that and I'm like okay great you go in that corner you go in that corner and I just did that who's a fixer who doesn't who wow. always focuses who's a clown who likes to make jokes and just be silly because they're uncomfortable my daughter raised her hand <laughs> a couple of other people so I put them all in these groups then I had them interact I said here's a bully here's a wounded inner child and I asked the, the bully the narcissist what's close to your heart who do you really love and he said my grandpa who just died I said okay so that's close to you yeah he just died I I said, okay, you're the one in her child. Tease him about his grandpa. Who cares your grandpa died? You know, I gave her the dialogue. So she said that. Mm. Then he's like, how does that make you feel? He goes, it really hurts. I want to hit. I want to. And I said, okay, that's what you do to people. Now, you, what do you do? And I change roles. Mm. Then I had them hug and they just got it. So the yeah. rest of the workshop, they were. Anytime they goof off, they go, oh, wait, that's my narcissist. And I had them name the character. Wow. And then they yeah. calmed down because it wasn't, okay, you sit over there in that corner. You're not behaving. Mm -hmm. You you, you, you can't come to this class unless you da-da-da-da-da. It was more a game. And it's like, oh, it's not me. Mm -hmm. It's my uh, wounds that are speaking for mm -hmm. me. And it's it was so amazing because yes. you labeled the wound mm -hmm. and when you labeled it you gave them power over it yes when we name something we give power over it and mm -hmm. it's not blaming them they're not wrong they're fantastic yes. this darn imposter that invaded <laughs> <Yes>. them <laughs> it's yeah. like a let's talk about them because you're great yeah nothing is wrong with you but this side you know so you yeah. take the personalities and yes. you separate it out into the dominant the one that's acting out Yes. You name the acting out yes. part. And that gives everyone in the room the ability to truly see who they are, which is love and this yes. beautiful human Yes, being. and why are you doing that at this moment? What just mm -hmm. snapped that you have to be mean right now or criticize someone? Yes. Right. What happened? What did wow. that imposter do? Yes. That, oh, I'm nervous because I'm up next and I'm trying to distract or I'm, oh, okay, great. Why are you nervous? <laughs> Let's focus on that. Then it was 
easy. It's because yeah. it gave them a voice. It gave them a platform that was safe where they're not in trouble and they're actually being nurtured by their behavior. And, yeah. You know. So beautiful. Baby, I wow. see you nodding your head. And I know you want to add something here. Well, the whole thing is to, you know, what your process does is it uncovers what's kind of like dysfunctional, dysfunctional behavior or the non-miraculous and then once you can identify that and shift out of that, then you can be opened up to your heart energy, like you said, yes. to loving, to being open to the miraculous. And so that's okay. Do you have something that can, you know, for our listeners, that like a process they can do or something they can do that can shift them into that miraculous type thinking or that miraculous space? Oh, sure. Um, one of the exercises I have everyone do when they come see me. Yeah. Is first of all, when you come see me, I have no idea what I'm going to do. You're just like clay, and you can yeah. sculpt. You know, they're like, "What's yeah. the process?" I don't know. I haven't sat with you yet. Yeah, yeah. So, so like some people just can't stop talking, or that this person did this to me, and my dad did this, and because it's like stop. Those people, I don't even let talk because it's all a story. It may have yeah. happened; those are facts, but it's a story. You know, so I hold their hands and I just say, we're going to just sit here the whole hour. You're paying me to just sit, and I just mm. hold space and think positive thoughts and um or put a meditation on until they could just speak without criticizing blame hate of themselves or whatever so another exercise i give everyone across the board is look at themselves in the mirror i'll just have them sit there like really close to the mirror three feet away one foot away whatever and look at their soul look at themselves mm. in the eyes and just say i love you and mm -hmm. say their name like you know i love yeah. you lisa i wow. love you lisa until it resonates and you actually do feel it because mm -hmm. when you're looking at your soul it's different from looking in the mirror most people just get up do their hair brush their teeth yeah. and they're out the door they don't mm -hmm. ever focus on who am i sometimes you look at how do they leave the house dressed like that because people <laughs> don't look at themselves they just throw something on so it's just like get to know you when you get to know your soul mm. anything that's happened to you that's a story Everything yes. that happened to you. My dad pulled a gun on me and I thought it was not worthy when I was 15 for baking a cake three houses down and then said he's going to send me to an orphanage. And I thought, wow, here's a man I loved and respected. And we're really close today. I love him. It was a moment to teach a lesson because I was five, one of five. Yes. He didn't want any of us acting out. He wanted us home and safe. But we had to be when the streetlights were on. And I came home right after that. So he's going to send me into an orphanage and pull a gun on me. It made all my self-esteem. You know, I was in the gutter. I have no worth. I hmm. was singled out and... But I could have spun that into a crazy life of yeah. depression and drugs or yeah. random sex or whatever. But instead, I turned it into travel. I thought, why is he like this? I want to understand the whole Middle Eastern <laughs> mindset. <laughs> Let me get on a plane and go to Iraq. I don't care if they're bombing because that was the moment I could do it at you know, uh, 26 years old. And I said, let me go there and see what's happening. And I did that. And wow. Um, I was on the hunt for Saddam Hussein. I went to Al Rashid. How do I get in touch with Saddam? I want to talk to him. How do I get in touch with Taha Ramadan and Tariq Aziz? And I just kept fighting until I got into the room with them. I didn't get to meet Saddam, but the vice president and yes. Tariq Aziz. And I interviewed a lot of people around them. Why are you guys like this? Why, you know, why does Saddam kill? Why does it? And they're like, shh, the walls have ears. You never say that. You'll, and I said, but tell me why. And they just said it's a mindset because they want to be able to keep the doors unlocked at night. That, and people have a tendency, especially in that those that part of the world, to be, you know, more violent or more uh, principle oriented and punishment. Yes. They think harsh punishment trains. So it helped me understand my father more going, he, it, this was based out of love. This is how he wow. loves. Yeah. So I could forgive, even though I don't under. I, I don't agree with the method. Yeah. You know, I even told him today, would you do that again? And he said, yeah, I would do that again today. <laughs> but I think it's wrong, you know. But he said, it's still how I would have trained you at that time because I yeah. loved you guys so much. Wow. I think it's so, there's so much that you said there. There's so much to break down and bring in. Part of this is we don't have the ability to um, control what happens to us. We love our parents. We, we don't have the ability to say, Dad, you got to be different. You got to see it my way. But we have the ability to respond differently. And to understand. And to mm -hmm. understand when we understand fully. And we don't even necessarily have to understand it. We just have to understand that it triggers us mm -hmm. or it creates a way of being that's not starting from our heart. 
automatically whenever our parents or someone that reminds us of energy that was like them shows up in our life, Mm -hmm. we start responding from a set point. We're with them the way that we are with our parents. If we're with our parents as powerless, feeling powerless, unable to talk and speak, we then create the responses out of that. When we can name, oh, in this situation, I become wounded and I go into self-protection mode. Mm -hmm. When I go into self-protection, I then am no longer at the cause. I'm no longer possible for miracles. I'm no longer available to really be present. I'm either lost in a story or a past way of being. Yes. And when you're in a past way of being, you have no power. Mm. You have no possibility of miracles. You go, you name it in your soul blazing process, or you name it by going out and asking questions around it. And when you have understanding or when you have awareness, oh my gosh, I'm a particular way around this when it shows up and I don't have to be that way anymore. That's when you truly are miraculous. You're Mm. a miracle maker with your dad. You're available for the healing. Absolutely. I can see other people without judging. You saw my dad. Yeah. We met your dad. He is so delightful and so funny (laughs) and so much fun to play with and hang out with and talk to and hear the stories of little Lisa and your sisters. Yes. So much love there. Yeah, but now he's going, thank you for not listening to me and not getting married young and marrying an Arab guy and doing this. He said, you made all the right choices by basically running away from home and trying traveling and doing yes. all that. Wow. You know, and I married a Jewish man. He said that was a right choice. And he's always said, we don't like Jews. We're Arabs. Yeah. And that was the, I was like, oh, wait, I went to Israel. I like them. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Let me have my beliefs. So, so now it's like, you made the right choice. <laughs> and they are, you know, so I helped shift his beliefs, which was great. Wow. It, you yeah. became the bridge between two ways of being and two different worlds. And because you had love for your dad, you brought that love, you bridged him into that other way of being, another possible way of seeing the world. Absolutely. So, and so many of my clients come in and their life is broken because of their childhood, what their yes. parents did to them mm-hmm. or siblings mm-hmm. or bullies in the yeah. school. Something happened. So because of this, my life never was on track. So yeah. what Taiji Charity here is doing is she's changing their story. I mean, not once. She, hmm, <laughs> I can talk about me, but anytime I talk about her, I'm like, oh my God. I think this she's an angel. She yeah. is like just mm. she's the greatest gift to humanity. I just adore her. But what she's doing, she has that. changed not just thousands of kids' lives, everyone who's attached to them, because every one of them tells 10 or 15 or 20 people. Yeah. And these are kids that really have stories. I mean, my childhood was you know, middle class, it was, okay. you know, I had a lot more gifts than a lot of other people do. Yes, I still wasn't rich. And I still had a lot of pressure from my, you know, didn't have a lot of negatives to hold me back. However, I wasn't on the street, I didn't go from home to home to home. I didn't feel I always felt loved too protected and too loved. So there's so many differences. And she's working with the people that really had no choice since the day they were born. They were with drug addicts. They were with, you know, even while they were pregnant, people who had no life, you know, they didn't have a chance in life. Mm. And she's saying, you do. And everyone she touches, I mean, she touched my, she touched my daughter's life and she's not even in those circles. It was just experiencing it. So thousands of people who go to her show, she's touching their lives plus 10 of everyone who's in that audience because we all talk about it. Mm. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful what you've created. And thank you for sharing that. Mm. Taiji, Mm -hmm. this this bridge that you've created between where they are right now, the girls that you work with, the Mm -hmm. stories. Can you share one of those stories? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. There's one young lady. I don't know if you had a chance to see the insider clip, but there's a young lady by the name of Ashley Gomez. When we first went to the facility where she was, I usually um, do this speech on the first day talking to the kids about commitment and what it means to be committed. And commitment does not it's not based on how you feel at the moment, because I understand they have court visits. They have, you Mm. know, 
some parental visit. It just all depends. But it's like when you commit to this process, you have to stay in it for 10 weeks. So I explained the entire process of writing for five weeks, acting for three weeks. You become the casting director. Then we shoot and industry professionals are coming and we're going to have this Oscar-like event. And she sat there and she listened and she was like, in her mind, she shared this later, mm-hmm. she said she thought, jackpot. She's like, I can do this. And she made the commitment for 10 weeks to be a part of this program. Now, her history had been um, drug abuse, um, gang affiliations, and running with kids who were basically influencing her to do things that were completely opposite of what she knew was the right thing to do. And so Ashley completed the program, and she's now back reunited with her biological mom. She went from a D to failing student, from from a failing D student to now an AB student. She has clear direction, and that's just one of many. We had one child who was um, actually on medication prior to our event. The facility didn't want her to attend the event because they wasn't sure how her behavior would be at the event. She ended up winning Best Actor that year. Her behavior was so amazing that her probation attorney wrote me a personal letter Mm. saying thank you for that. She said, I've never seen her in such a positive light. And we get so many stories about that. Kids who are now in school leading programs that help kids who are victims of bullying and like, really? You know, it's just, it's story after story. And we help girls and boys. We go to all boys facilities. We go to all girls facilities. Um, we go to co-op facilities, wherever there are, you know, foster kids. And and unfortunately, in Los Angeles, there are enough kids in the foster care system to fill the Los Angeles Staples Center. So for all mm. of us who are in Los Angeles, know that's a really large arena. So that's a lot of kids. Yeah. So... We get countless stories about the impact that we're making. And I just try to stay focused because I can get so emotional in, <laughs> in, in that. And, um, you know, and when working with them, my, my philosophy is no child left behind. For real. We may have 20 kids in a program. And if I lose one, I'm on the ground trying to figure out what happened. Why did we lose them? How do we get them back? And Lisa, just hearing some of the principles, being able to identify that, that actually helps me because I can then help my staff with identifying some of the issues. Like, well, maybe let's approach it from this, Mm. you know, perspective. Because I had one of my um, staff persons say, well, we can't save them all. I'm like, that is a no-no. Like, please don't ever say and it may be the reality from your perspective but I am going to exhaust every ounce of energy to make sure we don't lose one that is the definition of commitment mm. Absolutely. <laughs> that is the definition of coming from an understanding of how much each one of us matters yes the whole is not complete without each of us remembering exactly what it is. And it is that love, the most challenging of children. Mm-hmm. And I, I might, I would consider myself, I was a challenge to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my, par- my parents were married, my mom at 13, my mm-hmm. dad was 21. Again, this is the norm and or... He was 11 years older, so I've got to do the math better there. He was 24. (laughs) (laughs) It is the norm, 13 over there. uh, 13, well, you start your period. I started, and I had a marriage when I started my period, Mm -hmm. and I was a force to be reckoned with. I wasn't literally letting someone change my life Mm -hmm. and force me into all of these horrific ways of existing. I ran away. I was mm. part of the foster system. Mm. I went to, um, and I haven't shared this. Mm. I haven't even shared this with my husband. Um, oh my gosh, what was the community center called? Um, oh, it's not going to come back to me. But in New Orleans, of uh, center, and it was that that saved me at that point from being on the streets and from being and I was difficult with my parents I was mad I was angry that I, and I was hurt mm-hmm. and I desperately mm-hmm. wanted them to love me mm-hmm. 
Yes. And I had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Th- this was in Pakistan? This was in New Orleans, New Orleans. in the French Quarter. Wow. I got, uh, we moved to the States. At what age? How um, old were you? In 78. Well, you, you were still married, you're saying? Um, I was a young kid. I started my period in the French Quarter in New Orleans. And I, at that time, said to my parents, when when do I start dating? Because I didn't even know what dating was. Someone mm-hmm. said, "Oh, my parents said you have to be sixteen before you can start dating," and I didn't. I had no idea what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I am as innocent as the day is long. I have no idea there's girls or boys or no difference. And I'm still anyway. I go to my parents and I say, "When when can I start dating?" and Bing, 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 light bulbs go off in their head. They're like, oh, we've already got an arranged marriage for you. And mind you, my mom's only 15 years older than I am. And she came to the States self-taught in so many areas. It's an incredible story. Um, Part of me is hoping that I will remember all of the organizations that helped me during that period and that time. But I got married my first uh, event but as a woman. I didn't even know what sex was. I didn't know exactly the period story. It happened every month. You know, this is child. Um, long story short, he's 28 years old. He's a doctor. He's expecting a proper wife. We've never actually had a conversation in our entire lives with one another. I did at one point serve him tea um, and we're married and he expects, he's waited all of his life to have sex. So of course that's what happens. And uh, that's my first like exposure to what sex is. And you were 13? I think I was 14 mm. at that point. Wow. Um, th- 13 when I started my, the there's a, a very long marriage process, which is you have um, a nikah, you go through different processes, you have four ceremonies. And the last one is, the the second to the last one you meet, the last one is you show the blood that your wife was a virgin when you married. Um, And so it's, it's, uh, Wow. Very similar to the yes. Iraqi culture. It's very similar mm-hmm. to, and I, I'm at a loss for words uh, here a little bit because I want to bring awareness that that didn't define me. Yeah. That did not, that moment, thanks to organizations, it wasn't kids in the spotlight, but it was um, different organizations that made me realize people are gentle. Mm-hmm. They're kind. And my parents, had they known better, mm-hmm. would have had a different approach to it. That's what happened to my mom. And my dad is a lovely human being. That wasn't her life. He sang to her. He waited months and months and months before she gave herself. And um, he waited for her to not be a child, to be a woman. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, to in order to create that here in society right now we don't know how many choices and ways of being we have until they're presented to us Mm -hmm. in the foster care system these boys or girls released longing for belonging Mm -hmm. longing for respect and appreciation Mm -hmm. can wind up being parts of things that aren't necessarily for their best we have this internal need to belong Mm -hmm. we have this internal need for respect Mm -hmm. that those are requirements of our human race being mammals to nurture and be nurtured in these various ways And I believe we create, I believe I created that and the marriage, the first sexual experience and even the near death experience, which I've talked about where I was left for dead. I wasn't controllable. I was drugged and I was left. um, And somehow I don't even know miraculously how I was saved 
in that experience. I don't, I just know that I woke up in the hospital and suicide notes had gone out and everyone was like, why would you kill yourself? This is horrific. And they were in my handwriting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that's what I'd done under drugs um, given to me from my husband at the time. Wow. It's so important to recognize when I made that story into sharing it, it no longer had power over me. Mm-hmm. Kids in the spotlight have these girls share their stories. The story is no longer the empowered point. Mm-hmm. The point that's empowered is in the telling of the story and celebrating that it even happened. Yes. And I'd love for you to share what comes up for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to acknowledge you and honor you for for all the strength you muster to to you know, um, share your story. Um, I share this because I love helping the people that come to me. I've had some of the most amazing men and women come and share their stories and be healed in their body and see the purpose in that near-death experience, connecting with Source and all that is. I got to see that this world that we exist in is order for us to remember that we belong to one another mm-hmm. and that we're not separate. What happens in the streets of Los Angeles, what happens in the streets of Baghdad, what happens in the streets anywhere, the men and the women are doing this in order to get belonging, in order to get respect, in order to fit with the society that's around them at the current moment. Your dad pulled the gun because he needed to fit with his parts. The other men, the other community, he needed to feel safe. And that's the only way he knew. But had he known, and these people in these different regions, if they know, they will be. And you're bringing that knowing building a community, a sense of belonging in kids in the spotlight, a sense of, wow, that story's done, and it's being celebrated. What are we going to create now? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, that thank was, you, too, for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's important that we get our voices out there and people understand that we're not just sitting here saying, oh, look at these kids. It, all, each of us have experienced something like that. Yeah. And so have so many other people around the world who don't even talk about it because they have shame about it or yes. guilt. So, so the more of us that say this is what happened, yeah. it yeah. releases them, yeah. too. And just the power of, of the media using yes. film to tell your stories, because these kids all have social workers. And, you know, social workers are it's part of their job to get the kids to express and yes. tell their stories. But where does it go after I tell you that story? What happens after we sit in this room and I tell you all the abuse I've been through? I tell you about the sex trafficking. Where does it go? You write it down and it's in a file. Kids in the Spotlight is providing that platform for them to tell their stories their way and to experience moments of healing as a result of it and to open themselves up for the the good that's around them. Yeah. And they have the film forever. And they have have IMDb credit forever. And we register them with the Writers Guild of America. So all of their scripts are registered. So they Mm. are official screenwriters. So just giving them, we all, as you said, we all like to be validated. We all like to be celebrated. We definitely, we were made to be loved and to love each other. And that's what we're doing. And we're using film as the medium to do that with these kids. What a gift that you're giving to create that. And that the organization has such commitment to the girls. And each of these girls then gets to create a new world, men and women, mm-hmm. the young ladies and young men. I keep mm-hmm. having to bring men into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Baby, I know acting was really important for you as well. When you left Minnesota before college or the farm, so to speak, your parents' home, you were going into business, and then you discovered... 
Well, I have a degree in theater, so I've done a lot of <laughs> acting. But and, and there and there's a lot because I know the, the the transformation that can happen within that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just want I would like to hear from you. You know, you you you've created this container for these kids to go through this process, mm-hmm. and they go from this place of being closed down or being you know a squelched in a sense, and they get to this other side and they're open and they the miraculous is available. What part of that journey allows that unfolding to happen as you've witnessed that? You know, it depends on the kids. Some mm-hmm. kids, it happens during the writing process. Yeah. Some kids, it happens during the three weeks of, of acting. Mm-hmm. Some kids, it happens just in the casting se- session when actors come in and they hear their lines being, you know, performed by actors, professional yeah. actors. It mm-hmm. just all depends on the state. Some people, it's during the celebration where celebrities are out celebrating them. And they, you know, they're thinking, I see these people on television. I never thought in a million mm-hmm. years yeah. they would literally be called my name watching my work so it happened at different stages for them i don't know there that there's one versus versus the other yeah for different people there's different things that open them up that allow for that that cracking open where possibilities are available to them absolutely absolutely and we're working now to even extend the program um to introduce the kids to editing so mm. giving them an additional vocational skill. So it, it could mm. happen during the editing process. Yeah. It's just empowering them in different areas in the industry. So we just watch to make sure it actually happens. And I think it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. I think mm. this is what's yeah. ever They're going to be having aha moments and openings for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Anytime they share it with somebody else or they may get a call five years from now. Oh, I just saw your film. Can you come and do this? I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't end when the film festival is over. Exactly. This is continuing. Exactly. I, this year alone. Um, CBS opened up an opportunity for one of our kids to do an internship and um, I gave them a list of names of kids to choose from and all of a sudden I saw on Facebook one of our kids announced CBS called me for an intern what do I do what do I wear what do I and she wasn't emailing I mean me directly I just saw her post and that just gave me so much like that just that thought never occurred to her in a million years that someone from CBS would be calling her for a paid internship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's huge that's for some miraculous. of our kids. Yeah, it very, yeah, yeah. very. So it happens at different stages. Yeah. That's yeah. so healing. It's so healing. I think the arts heals parts of our brain. Oh, mm. definitely. When we get into the creative, mm-hmm. we are now part of uh, bringing the healing in. Mm-hmm. And MRIs and science really shows it has lasting effects mm-hmm. that um, for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. To get this early on as Absolutely. well, to work with children. We've seen the work with um with that we've seen the mm-hmm. work in other arenas mm-hmm. but to really bring it into children yes. and empower them as well uh we've only got a couple more minutes mm-hmm. and for each of the miracle makers listening i'd love for you to share one thing that gets you into the miraculous space for, and um, then we'll close with sharing about the August 6th event. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You want me to start? Sure. All right. <laughs> well, for me, because I am a woman of faith, I am, I believe in, in the power of prayer. Mm. So for me, when I get up in the morning, just to be able to inhale and exhale and be in my right mind and tell God, thank you for the activity of my limbs, that gets me going. Mm. Beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's a powerful one. Yeah. yeah. Very thank powerful. Yeah. Um, I also enjoy starting my day like that, just saying a prayer that I'm grateful. But for me, it's also nature. When I go mm. outside, I go in nature, you know, smell a flower, sit in the grass, walk barefoot in the yeah. grass, just being part of, you know, evolution and what, you know, I think all the elements of the earth are who we are. I think mm-hmm. it inspires me. I look at a tree and I'm in awe, you know, hug a tree. I mean, just anything to connect to nature. <laughs> I like to start my just day like that. Walking on grass is <laughs> yes. like a miraculous it experience. It is. And people don't cut know off that. From that. Yeah, and it's yeah. so healing for yeah. us. And we're always in shoes. Yeah. So yeah. walking in grass, I have a backyard. I just, you know, walk on grass. I have mm. a boot out there. I do a little meditation. Mm. Then, of course, my coffee. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my coffee. Coffee, coffee for miracle makers. <laughs> yes. Drink your coffee every day. Forget about what they tell you. <laughs> I agree. Baby, 
<laughs> no, I'll, I'm going to do that one. I'm committed to walking in the grass, grass. barefoot yes. as much as I can this week, starting yes. today. Awesome, wow. awesome. I've been lighting a candle recently, mm. 365 days of meditation and the St. Francis of Assisi prayer, yeah. which is, um, Lord, or source within me, make me an instrument of your peace. Mm. That has really come in so strongly in these chaotic times. And I light one for all of my clients and all of the organizations. I'm going to light one for kids in the spotlight, mm. especially until August 6th, where we're doing this event. You're mm -hmm. doing hosting this beautiful event in your home. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. We are just so excited to be at Lisa's house. Lisa has been such a huge advocate. I mean, she talked briefly about when we first met and we were sobbing and crying and all those wonderful things. And so I had a meeting with Lisa and we were talking about Lisa heading up our celebrity board because we're getting a lot of industry support. Mm. And it's like, Lisa, I'd really like you to do that for us. And it's like, but we're trying to do a fundraiser. We've never really done a fundraiser, uh, something like a cocktails for a cause where we bring people together. And before I could get it out, she's like, I'll do it. We'll have it at my house. <laughs> she's like, you know, I'm thinking, you've done so much already. So we're really excited about it. We have a great team of people planning it at yes. Lisa's beautiful house. I mean, it's beautiful. I think I might stay after the event. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, we're excited. Ty Burrell is going to be there. Mo McCray from Sons of Anarchy is going to be there. Mm. Um, we have just a, just a list of, of celebrities. And then, of course, our wonderful husband and the supporters of Kids in the Spotlight, people from our agency, is going to be there. And so it's an opportunity for people to really learn about what we do. And what we're most excited about is we're going to have artwork from the kids and their personal mm. stories on the back of the artwork for auction. And these kids are going to explain in their art and in their little passage on the back why this program is so important to them. And as we auction those off, 50% of the proceeds will go directly to the kids. It will go mm. into an account for the Aww. kids. So we are super excited about it. Super. So thank you, Lisa. Mm. Oh, you're welcome. Mm. It's such an honor to be a part of it, to see these kids change. Mm. And I love the idea of auctioning off those pictures, frame pictures. 15. We have, they've that been amazing. painting. I'm going to get one. <laughs> they, have been, they have been painting for the last several weeks, and just their artwork, it, it, they just tell mm. a story. And it's, it's things like at the bottom of their pictures, just, I'm just looking for love. Mm. I just want to be accepted. I mean, they are telling you exactly how they feel. And that's huge because, as yeah. you know, people yes. don't like to express what they really feel. And we really encourage them to do that. So I'm ex when you see the art, you're mm. going to love it. Thank so. you, guys. Thank August 6th. August 6th in Sherman Oaks. Go to kidsinthespotlight.org. Yes. No, just kidsinthespotlight.org. Kids yes. Get your ticket today. There's only a few... Uh, Yes. A few tickets left. You left. Yes. Yeah. Lots of celebrities are clamoring yes. to get there. So, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Wow. We'll see you next time. Yes. history. The future mystery. This moment is the Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.